Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a late episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained. My name is Will and with me this week, as always, is the ravishing, wonderful um, Miss Universe 1985, <laughs> 86 <laughs> and 89, the wonderful Annie Gan. Annie Gan, how are you? It was totally stole from me in 87. It absolutely stole yeah. from me and I'm still sick over it. I tell you, that tiara was mine that year. The gown I had on was to die for absolutely to die for it yeah but but the judge the judges did pick me <laughs> and that's what happened so unfortunately you can't win every year Annie can you oh. um sorry I'm late this week guys it just seems to be the week that ran away with me and therefore made me late everything went a little bit wrong didn't everything go a bit do you know one of those it weeks did. that everything goes a little bit wrong and um now we have the big freeze and it's absolutely freezing and i'm actually sitting here in my jacket recording this stove talk coming through stove here talk. i have the stove lit and uh, it's nice and toasty i kind of love this weather i love when it's like bitterly cold but also a sunny clear morning that is top tier um weather for me top tier oh yeah oh yeah well I do love it too but I was late home from work hence the stove wasn't lit listen we could go mm. on about stoves for the entirety of this podcast but do you know what would warm my cockles now I hate that word cockles I know it just refers to shells but I don't I don't like it but what would warm mine is a little story from you perfect well I've got a wonderful story here for you today and let's get right into it In December of 2005, true terror began to unfold in a seemingly mundane terraced house situated in the northeast town of South Shields, United Kingdom. The family who experienced a bizarre chain of events have remained anonymous to this day for fear that their peers and neighbours would ridicule them. They are known simply as Marianne, her partner Mark and their three-year-old son Robert. 
One evening, the family returned home from a day out and started their regular nightly routine of trying to put Robert down for the night. Everything seemed normal in the home, but when Marianne entered the kitchen, she was greeted by their kitchen chairs, which were neatly stacked on top of one another on the kitchen table. Alarmed and quite perplexed, Marianne called out to Mark, asking him if he had stacked the chairs. But when Mark reached the kitchen, his expression said it all. Had they been burgled? Was there an intruder in the house? Mark, worried that his family was in danger, checked the entire house and finds nothing. The couple said that they were unsettled, but found comfort after ensuring that the house's doors and windows were secured and tried to put whatever had happened to the back of their minds, presumably believing that the other was playing a prank on them that would be revealed in the morning. But the reveal never comes. Just going to stop there for two seconds. I wouldn't be able to sleep that night if the two of us were like, did you do that? You didn't do that. Okay, who did that? Right. So someone stacked the chairs when we were out and right, I would be terrified. Would you not be terrified? Or what would you do in reality? Like if you came home and into your house there and it was you were Dave and that happened, what would you think? Like realistically, what would you be thinking? Mm, yeah, like I kind of get where he didn't freak out initially. I would just think that he had done it or he had gotten somebody else to do mm. it maybe or I don't know if you had family nearby you'd be like did somebody come in and clean the kitchen floor and take the chairs up out of the way as a nice present <laughs> yeah. for us and my initial feelings are cleaning ghost and I wouldn't be adverse to one if any cleaning ghost is listening right now continue yeah, it is um it is given the vibes of uh, Mammy's mopping the floor and she's put the chairs on top of the table, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Nice ghost. But I wouldn't we'll freak con- out we'll continue. I wouldn't freak out just yet, but somebody's messing with me. I wouldn't think ghost yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll keep going down the road and see how we got on. Nothing unusual or strange happens for weeks, and after Christmas had passed, they had almost forgotten about the stacked chairs. It wouldn't be until mid January that they would experience their subsequent encounter. One January afternoon, Marianne climbed the house stairs and found a chest of drawers resting on the landing. There are a few terrifying facts about this incident. Number one, the chest of drawers were heavy. To move it, you would need a minimum of two people. Number two, Marianne said that she was alone in the house. And thirdly, she didn't hear it being dragged across the floor. She spent the rest of the afternoon downstairs in the sitting room, terrified. Finally, Mark comes home and sees Marianne is wild-eyed and has a story to tell. He stands listening to her, frantically telling him about a chest of drawers on the landing, when suddenly a gust of wind the couple claims could not have come from an open door or window rushes past them, forcing the sitting room door to slam shut. Later that night, as the couple got ready for bed, they noticed that their bedroom was unusually cold. Just as Marianne drifted off to sleep, she was woken up by an object hitting her head. It was a stuffed toy dog belonging to Robert. Upright, staring into the darkness of their bedroom, she said as she looked around the room, she was struck by another soft toy that hit her in the forehead. Suddenly, toys were hitting the couple from every angle at fantastic force. The couple says that they hid underneath the bed covers but felt a hand grab the blankets and pull <gasps> and pull them in a in a forceful direction off the bed. Oh, now oh. that particular sentence did fucking terrify oh, me. I am gone. I am out of that house. I am fucking out the door. Take the child or if he's 
throwing a tantrum, yeah. leave him there, fucking get out of there. They, I, I'd be on every listing. I'd be on fucking newhome.ie. Get me the fuck out of here. I fucking hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I would actually, no, I'd be dead in the bed. I wouldn't even have to. They'd be taking me out in a coffin. I can't. I can't. Well, things are about to fucking go up again. <laughs> Then Mark shouted in agony, ah, Marianne! His body was burning, he said. Later Mark described the sensation as being scratched by a large heavy claw. As the sidelight was turned on, it was revealed that Mark's back was covered in scratches, 13 in total. Soon after that, the attack stopped as suddenly as it begun. Oddly, the scratches are said to have completely disappeared by the following morning. From there, the strange entity seems to become obsessed with using children's toys to frighten and panic the family. One time, the family found their son's rocking horse hanging by its reins from the ceiling loft hatch. And on another occasion, the family was met by the creepy sight of a toy bunny sitting at the top of the stairs with a box cutter placed in its paws. No one could figure out who had placed these toys in such a way. Toys would often roll across the floor on their own without warning, make eerie moaning noises or turn themselves on. Another weird occurrence was when a sink in the bathroom allegedly suddenly seemed to fill with blood to the point of overflowing which vanished soon after. At this point, the couple believed that they were dealing with a poltergeist. One disturbingly menacing habit that this particular poltergeist had was leaving threatening messages on their son Robert's magnetic doodle board. These messages were typically ominous, aggressive and peppered with profanity, saying things like You're dead. Just go now. Die, bitch. (laughs) R.I.P. And my personal favourite, Go, bitch, now to your mam. <laughs> I don't know why this is making me laugh. I don't know what. Oh, God, I don't know why. Do you know, like, you know what did come into my head there now? If you weren't going to be of the... If you weren't going to initially, like, think that this was paranormal or whatever, you know, and you weren't a believer, say, in any of that shit, I would think that there is, like... A man, I don't know why it's a man, could be a lady, like living in a hidden compartment in my house mm. that was like popping out and doing all this stuff and then being like, and then running back in. Like, like I would, I'd be like, there's somebody in the walls. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, at this point in the story, I kind of thought, you know, maybe it was save Marianne if it was all directed at Marianne that Mark was doing this and he secretly hated her or something but then I went on through the story and then it got like kind of weirder now and you'll soon find out these messages would graduate from the board to emails and SMS messages that Marianne would receive on her mobile phone which were typically death threats or promises of violence such as get you bitch and die now one such message. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. This but goes... it's like it's something that I would do to you, like joking when we live yeah, together. Joking. Which is, yeah, joking. Yeah. I never me. found the name of that person who was sent out. This is a tech ghost. <laughs> this is the Elon Musk of Poltergeist. I have never, in all our paranormal research, which has been thorough and extensive through the years, heard of a ghost sending you a text message saying, Die, bitch. This is just geared up to a level. I want, 
this is a first for me. Yeah, very advanced, very advanced. This isn't, we're not dealing with some Victorian child ghost. We're dealing with somebody who died, obviously, in 2004 and was like raging and were up on the technology. I presume they were a teenager. They know how to do. Like, we're two steps away here from saying, like, using the two instead of T-O, yeah. you know. Um, one, one such message said... Imagine this, like you're already dealing with a screaming three-year-old, your husband's off to work. Once this message that said, going to die today, going to get you. (laughs) (laughs) And another read, I can get you when you awake and I'll come for you when you asleep, bitch. (laughs) This ghost is so rude. Sassy. 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 This does sound like messages that are you just reading some of our WhatsApp threads? Because this stuff sounds very familiar. <laughs> I'm just familiar reading some of our reviews. <laughs> I'm just reading some of our reviews. Um, and the funny thing, well, not the funny, the terrifying thing about it is that none of the messages could be tracked or traced to a number or an email account, which they apparently rang the telephone company about and their provider, and they couldn't find who the source of the text messages were coming from. And they seemed to came from nowhere. Marianne's cell phone would also be incessantly called by her home phone, even when she knew there was no one else at home. Other frightening incidences revolved around the young son, Robert. One time the couple found their son in another room on the floor, tightly cocooned in a blanket and with a plastic table perched on top of him as if it had been carefully balanced there. The boy was described as being in a sort of trance with his eyes staring blankly at nothing at all. Another time the couple claims that Robert went missing and that they desperately searched the house only to find him stuffed into a small closet tightly bound by his blanket. This could have been just a normal acting up of a young boy, but the couple were convinced that this was the work of a malevolent entity inhabiting their home. All of these incidences prompted the terrified Mark and Marianne to call in someone to investigate and soon after would arrive the paranormal researchers Mike Hollowell and Darren Ritson. For their part at first Hollowell and Ritson were not particularly convinced by their frantic story told by the family and their wild claims. Such intensely pronounced violent poltergeist behaviour is actually quite rare and the claims just seemed to be too much. Nevertheless they went into the home and set up their equipment which included motion activated video cameras, sensors and other sophisticated gear. At this point they did not expect much to come of it but they would soon see that they were very wrong indeed. Whatever sinister presence was residing in the house seems to have been rather perturbed by them being there as it began to escalate its ghostly activity quite often in full view of the amazed investigators. Toys began to move around, make inexplicable noises or even talk. Disembodied voices emanated from an old baby monitor. Their gear was often turned off or even broken by an unseen force. On one occasion, even knives were lobbed at them by unseen hands. The investigators also witnessed doors open and slam closed, objects levitating, blankets on beds sliding off, lampshades swinging, strange messages appearing on their son's board or on pieces of paper and various household items or furniture impossibly balancing at strange angles. Now, what they're referring to with the impossibly balancing at strange angles is actually just a bottle, as far as I am aware. I think it was like a a bottle of like Coke or like some soda drink just balancing like at a weird angle. So listen, pinch of salt. 
Some of these phenomena were successfully captured on film. Perhaps the most bizarre and frightening event the two investigators witnessed was an entity in the son's bedroom. One evening, Hollowell and Ritson claimed that they saw a large, dark shape appear on the balcony and skulk around outside of Robert's room. Marianne, who was with the investigators at the time, also saw the apparition and let out a startled shriek. The entity then proceeded to walk right through the room in front of them. Hollowell described the creepy encounter. The entity walked slowly from the bathroom across the landing into the bedroom. As it passed the door to Robert's room, it paused and stared icily at me. Its face, devoid of all features such as eyes, nose and mouth, was cold and menacing. It felt like it was burrowing into your soul. It was large, maybe two metres in height, and midnight black. It was a three-dimensional silhouette that just radiated sheer evil. Unfortunately, although a camera had been set up in the room, the investigators were too shocked and stunned by the appearance of the entity to think to turn it on. Numpty numpty. numpty. Hollowell would later lament this, saying, It was gutting. We all saw it, but we didn't get any proof. The investigators would get a look at the Phantom Menace in action again when it began to show a rather violent tendency to attack Mark. Just a few days after encountering the apparition in Robert's bedroom, they watched in horror as it approached Mark and attacked him. During the encounter, everyone present could clearly see large wicked scratch marks as if from talons form on Mark's back. An amazed Hollowell said of the strange incident, First, an elongated red patch, then sharply defined scratches within it. Cuts have started to appear on the right-hand side of his back. They immediately bled. Then Mark's skin started to change colour. It went dark as if it was sunburnt. I've seen film and stills of poltergeist scratches appearing before, but nothing like this. The investigators claim that this time they caught the whole brutal encounter on tape and although the video is quite grainy, scratches can allegedly be seen to be appearing on Mark. Several other attacks were witnessed, always targeting Mark, sometimes leaving bruises or welts and at other times scratches all of which faded soon after. Then, just as suddenly as the poltergeist activity had started, one day it all abruptly ceased and no more phenomena occurred anywhere in the house. All had gone quiet. In the end, the disturbances and various strange phenomena caused by what has come to be known as the South Shields poltergeist were witnessed by dozens of witnesses, including family, friends and paranormal investigators. Hollowell and Ritson would soon go on to write a whole book on the incident called The South Shields Poltergeist, one family's fight against an invisible intruder, and they remain adamant that everything described really happened and that this is an authentic haunting of an intensity and magnitude rarely seen. They have gone so far as to call it a Premier League poltergeist haunting. For their part though, although there have been no more incidences since, Mark and Marianne remain traumatised by the whole ordeal, and Marianne has said, We were absolutely terrified. I don't think I'll ever be the same again. If I hear a noise that I cannot explain or something goes missing, then it makes me wonder whether it has come back again. But right now we are just glad that it seems to have left us alone. We found out that its name was Annie Gann. (laughs) She was a horrible housemate to have. Well, did they stay living in that house? They did say living in that house. Now, 
like, listen, you could turn around and say, like, yeah, was this all just made up for them to write a book? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, like, all a big elaborate prank or hoax or whatever. But those investigators have denied this and they've said that Marianne had seemingly had genuinely terrified them and that there was no particular way that phenomena that they had witnessed could not or could have been faked right yeah um they did say that they were kind of a bit suspicious of Mark at first because he didn't seem to react like that strongly to the weird things that were going on in the house yeah um and he seemed like someone that might be playing a prank so maybe he had a bit of a sense of humor um They soon kind of ruled that out when he got scratches on his back and stuff and things got a bit crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just a very, 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 very weird story. It's very weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it. I suppose because it was so extreme and it seemed to, like, not just start slowly. Well, okay, maybe with the chairs, but then it just, like, ramped up to a huge degree, like, straight away. Mm. Like, I suppose the first thing... You would think if if it wasn't genuinely somebody playing a trick. Well, no, like the sink of blood and stuff like that. Like that can't be. I mean, how could you like how could you how could you make that happen? So then you're thinking, OK, yeah, it's not actually somebody else doing something to them. Somebody who has a grudge or something like that or a man living in the walls. And then I suppose the next logical thing is like that they they did make it up. But in any of these cases, you've always got to look at, like, did they gain anything from it? Like, they didn't write a book about it. The uh, the guy, the investigators did. Was it a ruse with the investigators that they would, like, make a book about it and split the profits? I don't know from a book like that whether you're ever going to get rich from it. It just seems like whenever you think about these things being a hoax because it's so incredible to think that it could be anything other than a hoax you've always got to think but why 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 would they do it like why what would be there and if they were going to make it a hoax then why would they if it were to be a hoax then why would they stop it so suddenly why would they say no it's all gone away and just keep on living in that house I can tell you one thing though if it genuinely did happen there and I know like okay ghosts don't have a postcode so you know you could move like a few blocks down and they might just come with you whatever but there's no way I could ever fucking stay in that house Jesus when the microwave like pinged you'd be I'd be dead I'd be absolutely dead no no couldn't do it I I think for me and I think you're the same is the hand the invisible hand grabbing the blankets off the bed would send me into a psychosis that I would never recover oh, from. Oh I'd be in I'd be in a hospital for the rest of my life. That's it. Bye bye. Annie's gone. I don't I don't know. I like I'm always amazed like if this did happen to people how they're ever okay afterwards. If you think that's something and the really creepy thing about this was like all the kids toys and like the bunny with the box cutter and that your child being wrapped up in a blanket. Then I was thinking maybe the child is <laughs> this is terrible. I was like maybe the child is a, de- a demon. <laughs> maybe they had like a demon child and he was doing it. And then he just turned four and then he was like no everything's okay now. <laughs> Grant. Who? Who, little Robert? <laughs> little Robert. Little, little, little Robert is a little angel. Little Robert's a little <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a little shit. Anyway, if you want to read more about the story or find out all the juicy details, I would thoroughly recommend the Sound Shields Poltergeist One Family's Fight Against Invisible Intruder Intruder by the two gentlemen that are said to have investigated this whole incident. 
it's a fantastic story, whether it's real or not. Marianne, if you're listening, Mark, if you're listening, come forth. We would love to chat to you. <laughs> we would love for you to come on our little indie podcast and choose us out of all the big Premier League podcasts. Just little old um, F minus podcast, paranormal podcasts in the background here. We would like to be the ones to interview choose you. Choose us, choose us, choose us, choose us. I, I am going to spend the rest of the night sending anonymous threatening text messages to people that I know in my contacts list I think it might be a great story and they'll yeah and they'll just bang your name into um into whatsapp and then your profile picture will come up <laughs> and it'll be all you know it'll be over immediately it'll be over immediately I'm not a very anyway, good poetry you, oh, <laughs> no I don't think you I don't think you'd have that torture um <laughs> I'll be getting messages and be like yeah I'm going to get you bitch and I'll be like Annie you're in my contacts you're in my fucking contacts you'd be too lazy you wouldn't even go and buy a new fucking sim card to show on your phone you'd be like yeah uh, listen thank you for listening Annie thank you thank you for lending an ear to this story for me to tell it to you thanks so much I thank feel you so much, much. better I feel so much better after that now I'm just going to go buy a burner phone I know okay, you do bye you, do. you next week um, thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast you can support the podcast by joining the Patreon if you so wish or giving us a wonderful review it helps the algorithm find us uh, make us more seen or whatever the fucking expression is uh, thanks for listening and we will be back next week Annie will be back with a ravishing story I'm sure and in the meantime stay safe don't let the ba- bed bugs bite don't let any hands come in and grab the blankets off your bed and yeah do you have any last words Annie do the outro what? join us next time for another mystery of the unexplained explained 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 You did it, you big fucking tick, you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. 
It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.